All right, here we are. It's been a while. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. It's uh, Friday, Friday afternoon, 2 February 2023. I talk about blood and I talk about faith. The name of the show is, well, it's bloodandfaith.com. I have the Fritz Report at podbean.com. None of that really matters. What matters is the assumptions of a civilization. What matters is the religion of a society. What matters is the religion of the society. And, and when people come along and they say, well, the religion doesn't really matter. It should, it should be completely blank to the religion. And, and whatever religion you, people want to have, that should be fine. And this is a very modern conception of what religion is. That's a very modern understanding of the role of quote-unquote religion. And what I'm getting at is the fundamental ideology of a society. And people say, well, a society shouldn't have ideology. It should be based on, on facts. It should be based on, you know, what is. Well, that, that itself is the religion of society. That itself is the fundamental ideology of society. If that is your assumption— if your assumption is that mankind can simply disregard beliefs and reason up from a fact, that's the religion of society. That is, in fact, the religion and the ideology of the Enlightenment. Discard all your previous notions about what is right and wrong, what is true and false, God, religion, the Mother Mary, the whole nine years. Discard it all and reason up from the facts. That's the religion of the Enlightenment. That's the philosophy of Enlightenment. That's the ideology enlightenment. That is the religion of society. Now, 300 years hence, 300 years from the 1700s, when this really came into vogue in the heart of Christendom, we still live with the vestiges of the Christian faith in society, in the United States, in Europe, but it's very, very, very vague. It's very vague. And in fact, we've invented a society that is largely atheistic, completely man-centered, considers religion as, as a trinket that you can wear and discard as you please, as long as you adhere to the fundamental tenets of the religion of our society, which is basically an atheistic culture. And this is why I don't have—I was listening to a guy on, on, on the internet today, he's got his own podcast, you know, a good young man, and, you know, he, he talks about people being blackpilled. Black-pilled people, I didn't know this, but are people that are don't have a lot of faith that we can turn things around. And on one hand, yeah, I'm black-pilled. On the other hand, oh, I'm not at all. I'm, I, in fact, I, I seek a fundamental transformation of the society beyond mere voting and beyond a presidential term, beyond some election results. And my critique of our current posture is not a critique of effort. It's not a critique of personalities. It's not a critique of the persons. It's, it's our understanding of who we are and where we need to go and what we're doing simply isn't deep enough. It's not deep enough. If, if you want to change a society forever, change what they believe. Change their religion. Oh, we don't have a— No, no, you do have a religion. You do have a religion. And God help you if you violate that, that religion. You will be cast out and not taken so seriously in society. That's the way it is. Even for the church, the church is— I hate to say this, but I think it's true. We've layered over the fundamental religion of society with, with sort of Christian themes of love and forgiveness and eternal life and, you know, doing good to others and helping others and, and, and healing and, and this and that, atonement and this and that and whatnot. But the fundamental understanding of who we are 
I think is very much shaped by the Enlightenment, very much shaped by an atheistic, antichrist, secular worldview. And this is my critique of all our efforts today. It's not a critique. It's not a critique. It's just because men can only do what men can do. Men can only do it. There's gifted men out there. I listen to their podcast, Worm, and, uh, you know, a, a tremendously gifted and talented, uh, uh, brilliant men, brilliant. And I appreciate everything they're doing. But my role is not analyzing elections results or election potentials. I can't do that. I don't have the gift. I don't have the calling. I don't have the intellectual capacity. I don't have the interest. Frankly, I don't have the interest. My interest lies in a level or two, a level or two below that. Uh, it's not even oh, the evangelical ethos. You know, are the evangelicals? No, I, no, it's not even that. It's what do the evangelicals believe? What do the Catholics believe? What do the Christians believe? What do the Lutherans and the Methodists and the Episcopalians believe? What what are the what is underneath it? Is it simply a warmed over secular culture? Is it a warmed over secular idea, or is it a true biblical foundation? That's what I'm getting at. And what I fear, what I fear, it's not, I don't fear this. I'm, I'm simply making an observation. The church has adopted essentially the, the philosophy of the world. And we've papered it over with Christian themes uh, to such an extent that Christian pastors, men of the cloth, as we shall say, deny the idea that we should build Christian nations. They they will go for into the pulpit and public come out and and skewer the idea of Christian nationalism, that we should build Christian nations. And so <laughs> there's a problem. And the people that don't skewer that, that say, you know, we should build Christian nations, what exactly do you think a Christian nation is? And so these are the things that I talked about. These are the ideas that that fascinate me and interest me and, and are palpable, that matter to me. And I've, I've been forced to think about who I am, who my my people are, who my God is, what my God says, what my God believes in, what my Creator teaches and taught, and still teaches through the Word of God, and layer that over society. And, and I come up with certain conclusions, and I share them here with you. And, and some of these conclusions, some of these things that are taught in the Holy Scriptures are profoundly disturbing to the society that we live in. You can't say that, I am told. We will fire you from your job, I've been told. And that is in the works right now. You can't say that. You can't believe that. You can believe that in your mind, but don't let it come out, out of your mouth. Even in a personal capacity, you cannot say those things in a personal capacity. You'll get kicked out of the synagogue, theologically speaking. Practically speaking, in 2024, you will get fired from your job. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Now, this isn't any different than 2,000 years ago. They had actually the same actors, slightly different worldview, but not that much different. I've explored that. I won't go into that right now. But you said the wrong things. You said the wrong things. You get kicked out of the synagogue. If you keep your mouth shut and believe those things, they'll keep you in the synagogue. Joseph of Arimathea was a perfect example of that. He kept his mouth shut. He believed in Jesus, but he kept his mouth shut until the time when he showed up to Pilate and said, give me his body. And he went at the most dangerous time that you could possibly go and, and, and claim to be a Christian. And no doubt, no doubt whatsoever that he got kicked out of the synagogue. What does that mean? He lost his job. He lost his businesses. He lost his customers. Economically destroyed. But it was worth it to him. It was worth it to him. It's worth it to me. Uh, this is normal Christianity. It's not super Christianity. It's, it's, it's the minimum. It's the, it's the normal. Any reading of the Gospels or the Book of Acts will teach you that. 
But the church has said, you know, we don't want to go there. We don't want to do that. So let's agree with the fundamental principles of society. Let's do everything we can to agree with them. And let us present a gospel of Jesus that the Antichrist and the beast agrees with. And that's what the church has done. As a result, the church has no influence or effect in society whatsoever, whatsoever. Oh, but the evangelicals are a very powerful vote. Yeah, and what difference has that made? I've watched this since the 1980s. I've watched this since I've been old enough to vote. And, and, and the answer is it hasn't made any difference at all. Oh, but the Democrats, they just steal. Listen, it doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it has not mattered. Factually speaking, the proof of our efforts is a society that is very comfortable with live human sacrifice, child sacrifice, the culling of millions and billions through poisons that they call vaccines, transsexualism, sodomy, and, and all the evangelical, evangelical efforts in the world. It hasn't made any difference. And, and my thesis is we have simply layered over the ideas of the world with Christian themes, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And so I'm saying, hey, look, you know, here, here's what Jesus Christ said about X, Y, and Z. Jesus Christ identified who the enemy is, who the earthly enemy is. And the church says, no, we, we don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. That's And, and you have these words, racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, and anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic to it if you want, that, that are, are really the true morality of the church. The true morality of the church lies in those words, and they've adopted that morality from Satan. It's simple. It's very simple. There's nothing complex. If you, if, if you can't figure it out, you're missing some key, comp- uh, key components. You're missing key building blocks. We're talking arithmetic, not advanced nuclear physics. All of life and all of human history is arithmetic. It's not calculus. It's just not. And all the themes in the world that you need to learn about are in the Holy Scriptures. That's it. Oh, well, you can't. Oh, yes, I can. Yes, I can apply the, high, the Holy Scriptures to, to the world because that, that's the only source of truth. That is truth. The Word of God is truth. The Word of God is truth. If, if that's not it, you are going to be lost. And the church has said, you know what? We don't like the Word of God. We, we, we reject the Word of God. We abandon the Word of God. We're ashamed of the Word of God. We don't believe in the Word of God. So we're going to believe what the world believes, and then we'll layer it over with some paper mache, some Christian themes, and we are in the situation we're at in 2024. I don't want to talk about the election of 2024, but we're working with a nation that largely sees Christianity, even within the church, as nothing more than a papier-mâché mask over society, a changing of the clothes, shall we say. And you say, oh, but my church, you know, my church believes in the Bible. All right, we'll stretch it out a generation or two, and let's see how that comes down. you got good Baptists out there denouncing Christian nationalism. What is Christian nationalism? It's blood and faith. It's blood and faith. It's blood and faith. Biblically, in the Bible, in the Bible, a nation is a bloodline. They have a common ancestor. And you listen to Joe Biden or any of, you know, a hundred other people on the right or the left, doesn't matter. But I remember Biden saying this, this is where the first country in history built upon an idea. I was like, well, it certainly wasn't, if that's the case, it certainly wasn't built on the Bible. And apparently, according to Biden, anybody can become an American. Somalians, okay, anybody can get issued a passport. That's true. But if that's the case, America is is a, a fiat nation, just as our money is. Our money is fiat. It's nothing but zeros and ones in a, in a database somewhere. You can you know, multiply it by a billion, and, and it takes no effort. 
or, or subtract. It's, it's, it's fiat. It's fiat money. We become a fiat nation. We're a fiat nation. Just because you say, oh, we're all Americans, what does that mean? That's like saying, oh, it's the money's good. It's the US. It's, it's, no, it's fiat. There's no gold or silver. Behind. There's nothing behind the identity of America. As, as, an, as What is an American? We knew what an American was in, in, in 1940. 80 years hence, what's an American? Somalians and, and trannies and homosexuals and the whole nine arts. It, it, no, no. We became a great nation, not because of our natural resources. It doesn't hurt. But let's be clear. Iceland's kind of got it together, and there ain't a whole lot up there in Iceland. I've flown over Iceland. It's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's mostly volcanoes and ice. And they got some fish around there. They built a wonderful, beautiful little country. Wonderful, beautiful little country. And you contrast that with, oh, let's say the island of Hispaniola, which I lived on. I lived there for two years. And you have one-third of it belongs to Haiti. Two-thirds of it belongs to the Dominican Republic. And I loved it there. I loved my time there. I loved the Dominicans. But you look at the nation of Haiti, and, and it's, it's warm. It, it was lush. You can grow rice and beans. You can grow stuff year-round. Get your chickens and rice and beans, and it's right in the middle of the beautiful waters full of fish. And they're the most screwed up nation on the earth. They're the most screwed up nation on the earth. And you look at them and like, oh, God, I'd never want to live here. I wouldn't want to live there. I was there. I was there right after the earthquake. Who wants to live there? Well, everybody's the same. Oh, yeah, right. Go to little Haiti and Miami and tell me everybody's the same. I, I, there, there's blood and there's faith. All right, the Haitian bloodline is different than the Icelandic bloodline. They're completely different nations. They're both island countries. One's, one's just a disaster. And, and believe me, they got rid of the bad influences, all right? They had their uh, revolution when 1804. I can't exactly remember. First democracy in the Western Hemisphere. They kicked out all the white men, killed all the French, murdered them, murdered them, set up their god, their voodoo gods, kicked them all out. And, and, and the place for 200 years later, it is an absolute disaster. And we've pumped billions and billions of dollars of Western and Christian and everything else into that island. And it's just, it's just a basket case. It's a hole. You know what kind of hole I'm talking about? Then you look at the Icelandic country. And it's like, look, it's it's an Arctic nation. It's a little island full of volcanoes and ice. <laughs> and they got it going on up there. They got it going. It's a nice, clean, modern, wonderful little country. Where would you rather live? Well, a nation biblically is a bloodline. Americans have rejected that. Satan rejects that. Satan rejects that. If you go look at all the empires in the book in the Bible. And all the empires are conglomerations of nations. God does not like empires because empires end up serving Satan. They end up serving Satan. And Satan's people end up running empires. That's the story of the book of Esther. But how are you going to talk about that in America in 2024? How are you going to talk about the fact that a nation is a bloodline with a common ancestor? How are you going to talk about that in 2024 when we're all Americans? Unless you're white and Christian, then then you're the enemies of of Americanism and democracy and and the Constitution and uh, you know apple pie and mama. Whereas eighty years ago it was exactly it was exactly the opposite. It was a white and Christian nation, and then and our ancestors are, are what made the nation great. Blood and faith, blood and faith, blood and faith. But you can't say that anymore. You'll be demonized. So what I'm looking to do is resurrect biblical ideas, and people hate this. Pastors hate this. 
You can't say that. We're all one in Jesus. We're all Americans. <laughs> I'm trying to resurrect some ideas that are extremely fundamental in the Bible. Genesis 10, Genesis 11. You want to build a Christian nation that's built on a, a common bloodline. All right, there's division amongst the nations. The Almighty enforced that by changing the tongues. It's extremely unpopular. You want to talk about who the earthly enemy is? Oh, we don't battle flesh and blood. We don't, brother, we don't battle flesh and blood. No, we battle spirits and demons and stuff. Yet you look at who murdered Jesus Christ and who murdered the apostles and who murdered the disciples and they did everything they could to crush the church. Well, that was a long time ago. No, 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 the Word of God is forever. Well, there's another, there's another non-starter right there. You can't say that. <laughs> you can't talk about that in the Christian church, even though that's what the Bible teaches. Now, if you can ever break through those brick walls, we could get somewhere. But until we do, I, I, I'm non-optimistic. Maybe we have a victory in the short run. That's fine. That's great. That's fine. That's the way history works. You get setbacks and two steps forward, a step back, two steps back, a step forward. History does not always advance. I am not a progressive liberal in that respect. Nations rise and nations fall. Civilizations rise and civilizations fall. There ain't nothing saying that we got to be around in 100 years. I'm looking for a revival in the church, not a revival of emotions or feelings or this or that or the other thing, a revival of a fundamentally biblical worldview within the church, things that I talk about. And, oh, yeah, they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. When you publicly point out the Antichrist, when you publicly identify the Antichrist, you see that's the Antichrist, you should hate the Antichrist, Antichrist comes after you. I mean, that's the way it is. I haven't, I haven't stopped. Not going to stop. I'm just starting. I'm just gearing up. I'm just, listen to me, enemies. I'm just gearing up. I'm not going anywhere. I won't go anywhere until I graduate from this life. All right, that's enough. Fritz Berger, bloodandfaith.com.